Hello, thank you for joining us on another episode of Japan by River Cruise. I am one of your hosts, Bobby Judo. I'm joining you from Fukuoka. Hello, I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joining you from Malaysia. We are the only two hosts. Uh, so, we've got another great episode. <laughs> I don't know, I felt like maybe somebody else was going to jump in with another one there. But uh, we are your two hosts. We are your co-hosts. And we've got another great episode today. We're going to be talking about the latest in a series of Japanese uh, missteps involving Naomi Osaka. And as always, we've got your weekly River Cruise recommendation. Ali? Yes, this week is a sponsored recommendation, sponsored by Disneyland Tokyo. We'll be recommending the It's a Small World River Cruise, asking the key question, if it's such a small world, how come every time I've ever been on that ride, I've never bumped into any of my friends? Good point. Also, uh, we'll tell you about the Japanese man who started commuting to work entirely by River Cruise, and we'll tell you how long it took before he got fired for absenteeism. But first, Soap Talk. Bobby, how's your week been? My week has been great. It's better because I don't feel like I have to explain the soap talk thing. I started feeling kind of like a dick. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, basically, for those that don't understand, so, so uh, small talk in Japanese is sekkenbanashi. Yep. Ah, what? I thought for a second you. you said it, and I just got mixed up in my own head. This is how we've been doing it. We've been doing it ah, too much. Anyway, yeah, um, so I've had a, a frustrating week, which is maybe why I'm feeling the second banashi stress a little bit more than I usually am. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think in my years in Japan, I've gotten used to the, the ways that foreigners get treated and kind of tend to let them roll off my back. And I did let them roll off my back this week as well. Uh, but it was just one of those... It's just incident after incident after incident of getting like the super foreigner treatment from Japanese people in Japan. The, the funniest covered. one, the funniest one was uh, I went to do a job at uh, a Michinoeki the other day, which is like one of these little roadside. It's not a service plaza. It's like a farmer's market and uh, food stall and bathroom. And it's like a more down to home locally sourced yeah, I was going to say, area. we're talking local. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we were filming a kōkai nama shūroku. So basically uh, a live live TV show. A TV show taped in front of a live, not studio audience, but an audience that kind of gathers at this this little uh, michinoeki. And they do it like an a event. A load of nosy parkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they set up a little stage and they have everybody come out and uh, then they film it and they broadcast it on a TV station or something later. And uh, we, uh, we pulled up in a taxi and I get out of the taxi and as soon as I get out, there's another car in the parking lot that an old man and an old woman are getting out of. And the old woman sees me and she makes direct eye contact and she goes, <gasps> and her eyes light up and she puts her hands out like she's coming over to shake my hand and she comes over, over and grabs my hand and as she's shaking my hand, she goes, Ano, ueki no sensei desu ne? Which means you're that potted plant teacher, what? right? <laughs> which, <laughs> which, first off, I am not. <laughs> Second off, not I, yet, you know. I think she's talking about this. I think he's like a bonsai artist and like a, a Japanese gardening student who became White guy? a master. White guy, yeah. He's a Scandinavian, I think. I'm not really familiar with him, but there's this super Scandinavian looking, like blonde, very attractive, very built 
white guy out there who who he was a disciple of some Japanese master and now he is a gardening right. and bonsai expert. I think I found might not have a, found that a right. gap in the media market. <laughs> Which is exactly what Japan wants from their foreigners, right? They want somebody to like come over yeah. and perfect a Japanese art and do it better than than the Japanese themselves do. But uh, she assumed that I was that guy. And she's shaking my hand and she says this. And I just kind of like laughed. And I was like, yeah, zin, zin And she was, which is like, no, it's, I'm totally a different dude. Me. And she was like, ah, but y- which is like, oh, you look like him? And I was like. <laughs> yeah, no, still zenzenshigaimasu, and like laughing and laughing. And at this point, her husband catches up, and he's like, oh, who is this? Who is this? And she turns to him, and she goes, oh, it's just some English teacher. And she turns around and walks away. <laughs> like in her mind, Those the, are two, the two options. The two options, yeah, for being a foreigner in Japan is ueki no sensei or just some English teacher. <laughs> Um, well, how, how could you have handled that any differently? I guess I, you could have gone, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yoku waretemas, yeah, I get this a lot. Well, I actually, right? it's funnier when, like, people come up to me and think that I'm someone who looks like me. Like, I've had, I've had yeah. people in the subway be like, has anyone ever told you that you look like the guy on local TV? And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, well, you look a lot like him. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> Technically, I do not look like that guy. That, that that reminds me of the Jimmy Carr joke, which is: Are you Jimmy Carr, or do you just look like Jimmy Carr? Both. Both. <laughs> uh, you know what you should have done? You should have gone um, like she should have gone. Are you the um? Are you the bonsai teacher? And then you should have just flipped and gone. Do not talk to me about fucking plants. <laughs> just all I ever get is plants. Plant. You like you like my plant show, do you? Well, fuck off. <laughs> just, <laughs> just made her started think that trampling he was this on horrible, plants. Horrible, horrible guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you like plants, do you? Go f yourself. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess this this happens a lot, but I guess it's it's particularly acute because you were half expecting her to be a fan. Oh yeah, of course. That always like makes it sting a little bit, a little bit more. Um, but then like the very next day, I got another one, which I, I know you've had this all the time. You know where you're out with a Japanese person and you meet somebody, or you go into a restaurant or something, and they just totally ignore you and start talking to the Japanese person. Man, I've had this even when my job was to interview that person. They right. would talk to the producer instead. <laughs> okay, so I was there because I was booked for a job. They hired me to do the uh, the vision narration for the local baseball team. So like they have that big screen in the dome, and any anytime they hit a home run or like have a big a chance to to like make a double play or whatever, anytime they have some cheer that they want everyone to yeah. do, they've got my voice up on the vision dome going. I'm Let's just, go, just pause you there, Bobby. Uh, doesn't Piano Man Daryl listen to this podcast and wasn't this, isn't this his job? Oh, so first there was a dude named Max who was actually in the dome, like he was in the stadium, like as a hype man. And then when they switched over to a Japanese guy, I think they started using just the foreign voices for their videos. And Piano Man Daryl, uh, does some of it still. Like originally it was all his voice. And then they started using my voice for some of it. And now they're slowly replacing the leftover ones that were his voice with my voice. Sorry, this is the way you found out, Daryl. So sorry, Daryl. Daryl actually told me not to talk too much about the industry on this podcast. So again, (laughs) sorry, Daryl. But no, it's not because they don't like his voice or anything. I guess it's because they, they said the ones that we did this time, they'd recorded them on one track with the music and the music is out of date now. And so they're updating the music, but they can't do it 
without replacing the voice as well. Oh, okay, right. Um, it's with, a good job, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, good. It's a... But I show up to do it with uh, an attendee, uh, a woman who works in uh, the agency that referred the job to me. Um, not technically my manager, but on location as a manager. Um, but And they just turn up, don't they? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so we're waiting for somebody <laughs> to come out and meet us and bring us into the recording studio. And a younger assistant director comes out. And as soon as he opens the door and starts walking toward us, I, in my best Japanese I said, a professional voice. I go, and he walks straight past me, doesn't even look at me and like goes up directly facing her at a very close distance. So he's like blocking me out totally and just starts talking to her. And I'm just kind of standing there and, and waiting and waiting. And like, like if this had happened like five or six years ago, like it happened regularly five or six years ago, eight years ago, 10 years ago. But now like I've got like a, a pretty large presence in Fukuoka. This is the third time I've done this job. And like they've hired me and I'm there to do it. And he doesn't even involve me in the conversation, gives her his business card, finishes the entire thing and goes, all right, this way again, like walks between us with his back to me, <laughs> opens the door and starts to like guide her in. And I just stand That's there so and I kind of like, I'm laughing about it, but I just stand there and I turn around and I go, ah, yeah, simasen, no ichi yo, boku mo imasu yo. Which is a very un-Japanese thing to do. Like the Japanese hey, thing Hey guys, to do, I'm here too. Yeah. The Japanese thing to do would have just to, just to kind of like hung my head and followed along and, and, you know, screamed, let's go Hawks and shut up about it. But like, this is so blatant. I got to say something. And so he kind of turns around and he gets all flustered. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he runs back over with his business card. And I was actually like, yeah. <laughs> which is like wow i don't i didn't not ask him for your business card but it'd be cool if you could like at least look at me dude and i said it all laughing and he kind of like was apologetic and it didn't didn't like ruin the day but i'm sure that he felt like attacked by it yeah but like i i I wonder what he thought he was i mean on the one hand he might have been nervous right like often when a like in this job in this world the first time they work with a foreigner is yeah. nerve-wracking um so it might have been that and like having a japanese person that he can do all of his uh you know like standard form business with meishi kokan um makes sense but also like it's a risk to respond to that kind of thing sarcastically isn't it oh absolutely like, i've um i think actually the, the responsibility should have been with the the person from the agency Right, like she, she should know better as to say, as to find ways to subtly involve you in the conversation. Yeah, I, like I think she should have like made an effort to introduce me or something like that. But at the same time, I mean, from her point of view, they're the client, and number one, you don't want to do anything to offend the client. But number two, he's also kind of like small enough down on the rung of authority as you know a representative of the client that she probably was like, eh, he's being rude, but it doesn't really matter. He's not anybody important. Do you reckon she did know he was being rude? You don't. You don't reckon she was blind to it? Oh no, no. Because uh, she's pretty. She's pretty up on it. Um, I'm lucky enough that like most of the people that I work with, I've worked with either long enough or they are internationally minded. I think she speaks English. Um, yeah, you've taught her. No, no, no. It's, no. It's I, I, I haven't worked with her that long, and I, I only say I think she speaks English because we speak 100% Japanese. But I saw another person I know where they were like mailing back and forth with her in English. But um, oh, okay. I think it really is, you know, like, like they say, it's, it's on, it's on men when you hear a sexist joke or like guys making inappropriate locker humor to step up and say like, that's not cool. I don't think that's funny. 
in the same way I very much feel like it's on Japanese people to be like, hey, there's a foreign person here, let's involve them as well. Preferably without yeah. being like, hey, look at the foreign person here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and j j you know, just, just like in like, uh, like a majority white environment, I, I was speaking to my uh, black friend who I was at university with. And she Congratulations, was by the way. Thank you. <laughs> ring, ring the bell. <laughs> um, there, there were, there, you know, there were times where, where she said it, you know, but for, you know, particularly like at one point she had to deal with the police because she didn't have a bike light. Yeah. And she said like, without one of my white friends, like turning up and speaking to the police, like, uh, kind of on my behalf, um, like things would have, things would have gone differently. Yes. Yeah. Well, but, this yeah, I, I, this is like, I think even the Ken Tanaka video is about that. Like you go to a restaurant and like you're speaking Japanese, but they try to interact with the Asian person. You're the Asian looking person. And I think like... I was just about to say this. Like, yeah, I yeah. think that, when I think about my ex, right, we, we would we would go to a, who, who uh, my ex was Japanese. I presume she still is. By the way, congratulations. And... Oh, thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> I, I can do nothing wrong. I'm so cultured. You're so diverse. Uh, I can say nothing wrong. Everything I say has to come from, from an absolutely tip-top, perfect, uh, morally sound perspective. Well, I honestly um, feel that this is the most culturally sensitive, diverse podcast run by two white guys on the history of podcasts. Thank you. Uh, but she, she, like, she would need to, like, I kind of had to, to point it out to her before she noticed. And the moment I pointed it out to her, because she hadn't really traveled very much, right? She wasn't aware of, of yeah. how this is going to happen. Uh, she was like, God, yes, it's awful. Like, even something like I'd order a, a coffee, then they would ask. So I'd order a coffee in Japanese, which I was shit hot at. Um, and then the waiter or waitress would ask her, uh, does he want sugar in it? Right. Even though I just ordered in Japanese. And then yeah. she would go, yeah, no, he, he doesn't need sugar. Look at him. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but I would, uh, I, but I would, you know, occasionally I'd chip in, chip in and say something sarcastic, like, you know, it, which just didn't ever work, right? Uh, it, like, let's let's, let's put a, a little note in this word, which means the person in question, the person him or herself, yeah. because uh, I think this is going to tie into our news later on. But um, but yeah, they, they just wouldn't... You, would they get the sarcasm when you would do that? No, no, of course, because also it's weird to say about yourself. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh. So uh, I, I can think of one other occasion as well, right? I was attending a graduation party for the international law course at university. This was a few years after I'd left the course. And I, I, was, I was nevertheless invited to the party because I was a bit of an it man. And um, this restaurant was completely overrun, right? There was like, there were far too many people right. um, in it. And like they, they'd hired out the whole restaurant. They did like a buffet style and they got completely ripped off, right? They were, you know, charging something like 6,000 yen for rubbish finger food. And um, anyway, this, one of these Japanese waiters just like properly pushes past me, like legit uses force just to get me out of the way. Doesn't bother to say sumasen, doesn't like do the little, um, as Zendra would call it, the, the little pigeon nod, yeah. right? you know, to nod his way through. And I said to him, I said, did you just push me? And the, like, he was a waiter. I didn't even realize he was a waiter, but I said it in Japanese because I saw he was Japanese. I said, did you just push me? He said, oh, uh, and like, he really felt caught out by it. I said, I said, unless I, like, unless I, understand differently i think you just pushed me out the way without saying anything right yeah and he went oh um i said that's not cool man and then like his manager could see that there was like some kind of something going on there was a foreigner so causing said, a problem 
Yeah, well, exactly. No, no, but, but, well, clearly. But I said directly to his manager, I said, I said, is it usual for your waiter to get from one, one end of the restaurant to the other by, use, by pushing their way through, using their hands? And um, the first thing the waiter said to the manager was, I didn't realize this guy spoke Japanese. Like that made it okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just... It would, it's, obviously the, hey, the, technically, oh, that yeah. counts as body language. Uh, <laughs> all right, Ali, we're going to have to, we've got an unprecedented, uh, event here on the show. Uh, we're going to have to deal with, we have two messages. Um, but do we even have time for two messages? Let's just do them real quick. Cause, uh, one is from somebody calling themselves the original Brian in Fukuoka. And it says, I'm oh, pretty peeved. I don't know where you got this imposter trying to pass himself off as Brian in Fukuoka, meaning our guest from the last episode. But while he may be a Brian in Fukuoka, he's obviously not the Brian in Fukuoka because that's me. I like the idea that there isn't actually one Brian in Fukuoka, but there's one platonic ideal of a Brian in Fukuoka uh, representing all gaijins uh, in Japan. Um, Maybe I, uh, there isn't actually a, an actual Brian Infocorka. Maybe Brian, maybe Brian yeah. Infocorka is all of us. <laughs> I, I, maybe so, but I like the idea that uh, he he's the he's he's continuing to be the stereotypical foreigner in Japan. In that he's upset that another foreigner in Japan got a little bit of the spotlight, <laughs> uh, and he wrote more. But um, but let's not read it because we got another <laughs> email. Right. Uh, this Don't one says this Brian. one's from Jackie, and it says. Uh, this Brian is called Jackie and she says, uh, it doesn't say where she's from, but it says, good afternoon. We're planning a wedding anniversary vacation to Japan, Easter 2020, and would like information regarding cruises to Korea from Japan. Kind regards, Jackie. Jackie, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> okay. So I like, I, I feel like she, she Did we doesn't legit get this email. Oh yeah. 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 This is a legit email. And I just want to say in case she's listening, that I'm going to try to be nice to you. Um, I think you could probably tell by the name uh, Japan by River Cruise that we're not normally that well-versed in Korea. But um, but because from, we really appreciate career. we appreciate this mail, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and research this, and I will get back to you as soon as I find out what rivers run from Korea to Japan. Uh, <laughs> but now it's time for the news. Um, well, there's a lot of stuff in the news this week, but we're going to focus specifically on uh, Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka, who I only just realised is 21 years old. Did you oh know yeah, that? she's super young. I, I, I kind of feel like Principal Skinner. Like, are the, uh, is it me that's out of touch, or is it the children that are out of touch? Nah, it must be the children. Um, she um, is also embroiled in another scandal. For listeners that aren't aware, Naomi Osaka is a half Haitian, half Japanese. Uh, mixed race tennis player. Um, and for people and who know how to pronounce words correctly, that's half Haitian, half Japanese. Really? Yeah, Haitian, Haitian. It's I not, think I've it's said not Haitian, Haitian. It's, it's oh. Haitian. Okay, well, so she's mixed race Haitian and Japanese. <laughs> and she um, is more famous for her skin color than she is her tennis, it seems, these days in Japan. Ah. Um, she's been in the news a lot, but but specifically the, the story is there's a, a comedy duo um, called Amaso, which um, the news article which I'm reading uh, has a little small dig by going, 
a the relatively unknown female comedy pairing Amasol, which is fair enough because there are very very few female comics that are um, big names in Japan because there's also a sexism problem in their industry too. Um, they they made a joke which was um, that she needed bleach. Um, I think to, it was like uh, a back and forth banter. It was like, "What does Osaka Naomi need? Bleach." Ha, ha, yes, ha, ha, and then the punchline was because she was too sunburned. Yeah, uh, which I think we we can both agree isn't a good joke anyway. It's not a it's um, not a joke. It's just something racist to say. Right, but but um, Osaka um, responded on Twitter by going too sun too sunburned. Lol, that's wired. I never get sunburned by using a sunscreen. Naming a local brand of sunscreen. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which she I know that she's smart enough that she's probably getting paid for that. Yeah, no, she that's um, one of her sponsors. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, I, I like she she replied in a very kind of like lighthearted, brushing it off way, which I think like this is the most minor of of any of the scandals surrounding her. Half. Oh yeah, yeah, because because there are because there are people on the internet which goes yeah when I whenever I watch Naomi represent Japan in tennis, I always feel like there's a part of my you know patriotism that is difficult to muster. But oh. like, there's proper people. That, you yeah, know, no, I've heard I've heard people. people say this and like and not not on TV, but like while watching the clips on TV in the studio, a dude sitting next to me will say something like like watching Cambridge Senshu, who's uh, another mixed race, uh, dark skinned, uh, half Japanese. Uh, runner he's a, a relay runner like a track and field uh athlete and um what did they say they said yeah which is like because oh. of the way he looks like as a japanese person i just find it hard to root for him as a japanese person which like it's just it's horrible because, like, this guy considers himself Japanese. Um, Naomi Osaka, I think, doesn't want to be branded in terms of her identity. I don't think she wants to be American or Haitian or Japanese. I think she wants people no. to see her as herself. And um, often she turns down opportunities in interviews to speak Japanese. Like, they're, they're always desperate, aren't they, for her to say a couple of words in Japanese. Well, that's because her Japanese that... isn't fluent. Like, she's not, she, she wasn't raised here. And, yeah. and I think, like, she is shrewd enough that she knows that if she says stuff and she's not perfect, then that gives them that in to go, the critics to go, well, she's not Japanese, she's not Japanese. There's a really good book called The Good Immigrant, which is written in the context of the UK, which basically makes the case that um, that there's a double standard expected of immigrants or, or people who look different to the norm in the UK. Yeah. That, like, they only make the news when, they, when they've done something exceptional and, and are celebrated. And uh, politicians, too, like capitalizing on this idea that, hey, look, you know, we have like these Muslims representing us in the, in the Olympics or we have um, like this Sikh business leader. And it kind of sets unrealistic standards. Right. And, and it, it kind of denies the Britishness of just people that are just getting like just getting by. Right. That aren't yeah. doing anything exceptional yeah, yeah. and that aren't contributing anything to the to, to the society in, in a way that is um you know, like reaches one of one of these benchmarks, um, and and so like it's interesting to see that Japan hasn't even gone through, hasn't even approached that phase yet, right? Like Japan is still like denying the Japaneseness of people that are, you know, some of them Japanese. are, some of them are, and then some of them are super fast to be like like that tennis victory that's ours, <laughs> like we've got we've got <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a fantastic tennis player that's that's our Japanese person. 
And it's, it's well, again, put, it's yeah. based on like those exceptional accomplishments. Um, but I was just talking to somebody this morning about rugby, uh, which we both are supremely passionate about. Um, well, of course, you should be listening to our other podcast, um, Japan, Rugby Rugby. Oh, we love rugby. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's three A's. It's R with three A's. So when, when you look for the, uh, the website, make sure you have three A's in R. Um, but... So the Japanese team is performing a lot better than expected this year. Um, they they had a big upset where they uh, they had a come from behind victory against Ireland. And um, when you look at the Japanese players, a lot of the commentary that I'm hearing from people, Japanese people that I know, and again in the industry, sup Daryl. Uh, not that Daryl said it, just I'm talking about the industry again. Um, the commentary is that there's so many foreign players. You know, they're foreign. They're foreign people who have uh, either married into Japanese nationality or lived here for long enough that they've come from other countries. They're these big, huge guys. And when you look at the Japanese team, it's no longer a bunch of Japanese faces. It's a very diverse group of guys. And so some people are like, well, how does that mean that that we're rooting for a Japanese team if all of these players are not Japanese. And it's like, yeah, you know what other teams are made up of a whole bunch of diverse people from all over the world? Like, yeah. all of them. Like all, like, all of the other teams. And I understand like, that, that there's something like, like, as a Japanese person or as an American, you want to look at what you see as somebody who's your, your country mate uh, and, and be, feel like you're rooting for your own country. But also, like, that's sports, man. That's sports. Like, the local baseball team is made up from people from all over the country and world who came there and put on the same shirt. It's all, it's, what I really like about, um, about people like this is sometimes they make the most progressive argument without even noticing it. They're like, oh, what? So, so it just doesn't matter which country you're from? You can just... Yes, yeah. that's the whole point. <laughs> that's the, yes, that's the yes. Point. It's it's almost like the very notion of statehood is antiquated and doesn't serve you as an individual. Yes, <laughs> you've got it. <laughs> so what I like about about this story this time with Naomi Osaka, um, not only is that like I feel like she's getting into uh, her her role with it phase of of responding to Japan um, and and being able to engage with it in kind of like a a non-angry, kind of fun kind of way, um, while still pointing out that it's not cool, is um, is that this time, and do you know do you know the guy Bay McNeil? Uh, the bonsai instructor. Uh, yes, the bonsai instructor. No, uh, he's, a, he's a columnist for the Japan Times, uh, Yoko in Yokohama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah a, black dude. Published a couple of books. I, I've met him a handful of times. He's a really cool guy. Um, he was instrumental in getting like well done, Bobby. Japanese would you say, TV. Would you say your friends? Are you going to congratulate me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not walking into that one. Um, but he was instrumental in getting uh, Japanese TV to stop doing blackface, which is a huge deal. Um, I'm laughing because like they were still doing blackface, but um, but so he wrote up. Uh, he's written a lot about Naomi Osaka, and he wrote up a response to this. And he said one of the things that he liked about it was that this time it was not foreigners pointing out that it was inappropriate. It was like there were Japanese people in the audience that, as it happened, were like, "Not cool, not cool," which seems that's like isn't it? a huge level of progress. Well, th th so th this is this is what I was I was kind of thinking about. That firstly, the duo themselves 
do seem to have kind of walked into this in that, like, I don't think they they necessarily knew how edgy they were being, right? And that's kind of clear from their apology too, that, like, it seems like this is, like, a big scandal that, that happened without them um, knowing that they were kind of, you know, towing the line between, you know, biting satire and, and inappropriate, right? Like, this wasn't, like, some transgressive comedians who try to be provocative and just slightly get it wrong like these they they just wrote a, a lazy joke yeah um barely even a joke and and it was their agency too right which is one of the big agencies one it's of the two big bro. comedy agencies yeah which uh which kind of you know made made the apology but i wonder right whether th- there's also a small part of it which is they um like this is more acute because osaka is a big celebrity right yeah, yeah. And like, you know, she's also quite loved. Yeah. And so maybe that, you know, maybe that that's why they, they kind of jumped on it so quickly. But well, there's I, there's a couple I'm... things I want to say to that if it's cool. Um, one is that uh, in in terms of the apology, it does really seem like this kind of like required apology without any thought put into either why it was offensive or who it could have offended. And Clearly. you used that word honnin earlier. Like they never once use her name in the apology. They call her gohonin. Um, which, which again, it's like, it doesn't seem sincere in addressing the hurt that was caused. And I think that's exactly like you said, it comes from a place of ignorance over why it was hurtful. And like, they know now that blackface is wrong. Like Yoshimoto got in trouble for an Eddie Murphy blackface, rats and stars and the TV network that was going to air their performance in blackface got in trouble. And so they know that blackface, uh, is not okay, but they didn't understand or make any effort to look into the reasons why it's not okay which you should have been able to apply to the same the same the same concepts to racist jokes right and so it's ignorance but also laziness and a lack of effort on their part to understand why this hurt yeah and 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 something else which i think is relevant is it's not like they have an audience which is goading them to do this kind of material Right, you know, like sometimes you you watch some c- comedians. I'm not sure how true this is in, well, I can think of a couple actually in Japan where you kind of know that their audience is goading them to do a certain kind of material, or take a certain take, which might be, you know, by modern standards slightly sexist or transgressive or whatever. It doesn't appear like they have an audience which is seeking this kind of material. I right? I so, would so say that, that they're not seeking it, but also that they're probably fine with it. It's it's like it's like white comics in the states who do racist material but only perform for white crowds and then get surprised when their stuff gets picked up on a major network or something and suddenly they find out that not everybody likes their stuff i'm sure that they've done this joke before and it was successful at like sure that the, the average japanese person would not think about this so deeply and again that's not coming from a place of racism it's coming from a place of in japan it's okay to stereotype because they feel comfortable being stereotyped all japanese are they they share this identity that it's not it's not i think that is, i think that thing. is a good point actually that that um whereas an american person might see it as a front that you say oh you're like all all other american people um i think in japan i think it's almost seen as a badge of identity that like yeah we're all the same because that's like that's what they try to do uh, and that and was they take pride in, and in that was Bay's other really good point in this uh, response that he wrote on the Japan Times, um, which was that you know they wrote this joke that was aimed pinpoint aimed at Naomi Osaka, and when they fired, it was more like scatter shot that hit 
her, it hit anybody who looks like her, anybody in Japan who has uh, skin similar to her. That now people who heard that joke, you know, if it was televised, if this and that, if it, if it became popularized, that like you might have somebody who looks similar to Naomi Osaka in your school that you could run around going, you need bleach for your skin, you need bleach for your skin. And well, yeah, and and it, what it what it does is it it um it kind of reignites the debate that you don't have to look Japanese yeah. um, in inverted commas in order to be Japanese. It's, well, it's like that, that tweet that was going around this week. The um, Pakistani guy who just said, I'm absolutely fed up with being asked for my um, residence card or my passport by the police. Oh, the Pakistani-Japanese um, guy. Yeah. Right. yeah so yeah, yeah. like Pakistan ke Nihonjin, right? So ethnically Pakistani. If you look to him, you're like, yeah, fair enough, Pakistani. But Japanese and uh, like his point is um, he keeps having to say to the police stop saying you're going to arrest me if you don't if I don't give my residence card or passport neither of which I'm obliged to give you as a Japanese person but the Japanese law is like if you're foreign and you get stopped by the police you have to show one of these two documents like that law is could only be like like you have to just trust your judgment as a police officer that who you're dealing with is Japanese or not. Um, yeah. And uh, anyway, his so you know his tweet was like, "Hey, look, even with this face, um, I'm still Japanese," and it got loads of retweets. And everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, fair enough." Well, like my my most with, viewed... with a lot of people going, "Nah." Yeah, my my most viewed YouTube video is about the idea of like not assuming that people are. Japanese or not Japanese based on their outer appearance. And I really do think like like the Pakistani K Japanese guys tweet, like um, people in the audience calling out this humor, especially with the internet and the way news spreads so quickly, every time something like this happens, some new Japanese person discovers that it's not okay. And I hope that it grows. I really do believe that like if you think something is not cool, if you think it's insensitive, especially if you really don't think it's funny, the best thing you can do is to reach out and speak up and say something. Uh, and totally unrelated, uh, you can send us messages here on the podcast at our website at japanbyrivercruise.com uh, or at our other website at rugby rugby. Oh, we love rugby.com. Yeah, and, and I do um, I do think sometimes you just need to make an effort to be progressive. Like it's taken me a while to finally acknowledge that Justin Trudeau might actually be Indian. <laughs>